0: Terminata's podcast, all things competitive in the world of Warhammer 4000. My name's Eric. With me is my co-host, Robert. Hi. And we are here fresh off yet. We played another game of 10th edition. Once again, we extrapolated all the previews, printouts, and made a few assumptions, inserting DNA code from frogs. You know, it, didn't, it worked for Jurassic Park. It could work for us. What could have gone wrong? So we'll show you our experiences there. We also had a lot of news from the Warhammer community page regarding the new edition and a very limited uh, schedule of events here in Ninth. So we are probably skip over that at this particular point because it looks like uh, Ninth edition is kind of winding down over the next week and a half.
1: Indeed it is. And the as much as we would want to skip over the event, um, I do want to make a quick shout out to... Um, Archon Scari he actually came in his team at his event the Gr- the Grinning Demon Prince came in third place with only one loss and he was the fourth best player overall
0: and yes he brought his crazy th- triple tantalist list so people have been asking him a lot about that list even he says I'm having fun with it I have no idea if it means anything for 10th edition but we will find out together
1: Mm-hmm. But yes, congratulations, there, Harsgari. That was definitely not an easy thing. Bringing three giant boats that can easily break from a gust of wind. <laughs>
0: True. Yeah, the basing on those are is a little tricky. So, but uh, it is a very interesting build and a lot of fun. Hopefully, we'll have some information on that sooner than later when it comes to fifth edition. That's to be fifth edition. Good tenth edition. <laughs> fifth edition Redux, as some people like to think uh looking actually just quick let's take a quick look ahead what is on the schedule for this week that they're supposed to give us because this is supposed to be a pretty busy week if i remember correctly
1: well i know as of yesterday the pre-orders for leviathan went up i'm pretty sure they sold out within an hour even with the queue
0: really okay
1: that that's just me making broad assumptions. Don't take that as my word. In fact, I'm going on to Games Workshop just, uh,
0: sites. Uh, who else, which one of us wants to test that theory right now? So tomorrow uh, we are recording Sunday night. So when you hear this Monday morning, uh, you should be getting your data slates for the Divergent Space Marines. So that'd be Blood Angels, Death uh, in Dark Angels. Excuse me, Space Wolves, Death Watch, and uh, keep our fingers crossed. Maybe even. Um, Inquisitors or something else in there. Uh, Tuesday will be Chaos, be a big day there. uh, Wednesday will be Imperial Data Slates. Thursday, I'm in love because it's Xenos Data Sheet Day. But Friday is an important one and that's probably the the biggest one of the bunch. You'll hear this theme throughout the whole uh, episode today. Now they get the GT pack, but also the point values. That's right, finally the point values come out. And then uh following week will be a little bit lighter with the combat patrols and battle patrol and crusade rules. And then filing the book will be in our hands on the 24th. So, very exciting stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. It will definitely shed some light on how right or how wrong we were with our 10th edition version lists, which I have a feeling I'm going to have to lose like six guys, but that's because it's custodies. Um, and yes, I was actually. I literally looked at the Games Workshop site, Mm -hmm. the Leviathan box is no longer available.
0: Unbelievable.
1: So it sold out in less than 24 hours.
0: I just don't I mean I'm happy for them that they're selling product. But um Okay, whatever. You know, I'm just like we we made a lot. No, 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 you did not.
1: (laughs) Yep i know i was lucky enough to get one at my friendly local game store of tabletop wargamer it's not so local it's a 40 minute drive but it's local enough <laughs> Yeah.
0: anyway so let's take a look at it so yeah big big drop this week only two days of drops but it was enough to keep you uh I don't know, there people are still talking about it as we speak and as so we got every uh tyranid uh data slate and we got every space marine data slate Which goes back to the, holy cow, it's time to cut some units. I'm sorry. (laughs) The Legends on these
1: things. (laughs) Well, I know a good, like, they already chopped off a good chunk of the Legends things, which, like we discussed, it was all of the Horse Heresy era stuff. So, Levy Dreads, Derridaos, stuff like that. But, yeah, when you look at the Tyranid Index cards, it's like 96 pages, which is already a lot because some cards have two sides the space marine one is 252 or 56 pages because they have one for every single kind of captain
0: (laughs) and we are not joking i mean there are and it's something to be aware of and it's something that's going to give a fair amount of flexibility flexibility is what i'm trying to say so for example if you want a chaplain do you want a chaplain on foot chaplain with jump pack chaplain with bike they have one ability in common, but then they each have a unique ability. So it's going to be... Make sure your opponent's reading the right data slate (laughs) at the right time.
1: Now, the thing that will help is, obviously, these data slates are meant to be the data cards, very much like how Age of Sigmar has the unit cards. But that pack of cards for Space Marines is just going to... It's not even going to be a deck of cards. It's going to be a book.
0: Yeah, it's unbelievable. But there's a lot of cool stuff in there. And it really gives you a strong sense of what the game in army construction for the game is really going to be like. And it is fairly exciting. And it's as well as, uh, I think they're right. It's simplified, but not simple at the same time.
1: Because mm-hmm. the when I was listening to a review today, because I can't, pay attention to read that many data slates for god know how many hours I get it I go crazy it was okay we're going to take your units and you're going to make them immensely powerful by attaching your characters to them and but if they're by themselves they're they're no slouches like hell blasters are going to be really really obnoxious but then you have an inter, uh, a unit like the Inceptors, the cannon guys. They're still very meh. And Eric, if you're trying to talk, you're muted.
0: Oh, I, was, I thought you were going on with something there. More to say, um, no,
1: no, no. It was it was me fishing my thought.
0: <laughs> no, no problem. Um, some of them are more bad. One of the big things I like right off the bat is, okay, what's the difference between a scout, an infiltrator, and an incursor? They're all stealthy space marines, and um, they each down do something slightly different. One has infiltrator keyword. One of them has a scout. One's more defensive, you know, preventing deep strikers from coming in. The other one can get downfield. Each basically every unit's got like here's what we got here my stat lines here's my weapons and i get either a special ability or basically what used to be a stratagem (laughs) that was specific to a unit is now for free as one of my things Mm -hmm. and a lot of them a lot of these stratagems or a lot of these abilities i should say um get bolstered when you're near objectives so it's going to be a lot of getting getting in range of objectives quickly as we also found that out from reading the uh, mission book but overall yeah it's at first i got a little scared because when you try to build an army in 10th don't forget um it's it's the rule of three and that's it uh you can't take duplicates of named uh characters but we we've always played with that role but there is no elite slots troop slots fast attack slots and being that every captain, every lieutenant is broken into like five, six data slates you could legitimately find a character for every squad in your space marine army. Not every army I think can do that but on the flips and then on top of it uh, they have a unique ability that like lieutenants can be added to units that already have a captain. I think the apothecary is the other one that can do that so you can have two, three characters in a single unit which is could be risky
1: yeah like it's it's one of those things that when you look at those kinds of things because if i like the review that i was most just like what like this is crazy the the gravis captains those things you always only brought them because they had an extra wound and that was about it now they are actually a viable leader choice because a captain in gravis armor cuts the damage that they
0: take in half. Yeah, some really cool stuff like that. You really need some neat stuff. My favorite Hepst by far is the Judicar. He was mm-hmm. on, easily one of my favorite space marine models in the range, but um, yeah, you know, he's. He, I don't actually remember what his stats were in terms of hitting power but he makes the unit he's with fight first
1: so because I'm actually I actually have the index open so we can make this episode (laughs) relevant so the JCR his executioner blade has devastating wounds and precision he has five attacks hits on twos at strength seven AB two two damage and each time he destroys a character he gets plus one to his attack characteristic of his relic blade
0: Oh, it's so cool.
1: Mm-hmm. And yes, he does get a four of invuln, but it specifies that he only gets it to melee attacks. So if your unit gets shot off, he can easily be picked up and shooting just like every other Marine can. But he becomes really scary once he gets into combat.
0: And what makes it scary about this is there is, I'm trying to remember which unit it is, but it basically allows you to use the heroic intervention stratagem for free even if it's been already used this phase which is a reoccurring ability over and over again is that you get to use this stratagem for free to specify a different stratagem and you can use that stratagem Mm -hmm. twice so you stick to judicar in that unit which is eluding me at the moment so you get think your your hero your hero version of hero hammer is going to take out a space marine unit these guys heroically intervene, on, basically charge into you on your turn, and oh, since it's your turn the opponent gets to pick which model uh, fights first I have the fight first ability so I can fight with my unit I just heroically intervened with before charging units. Oh, and then the Judicar comes in with precision and chops up your hero before he gets to swing ah!
1: <laughs> So it's so the one that you're thinking of is the company champion? There we go. The company, the primary's company champion, is a leader, so he is a standalone guy, but he can be added to things like assault intercessors, blade guard in the inf- new inferno squad, intercessors, stern guard veterans. Uh, you'll see, really wacky unit combinations with characters because it's just I want this buff to make it this kind of thing okay you can do that
0: you can do that yeah And then from a hobby standpoint uh, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing some really cool banners because space Marine ancients are just really cool to take
2: mm-hmm
1: and I- I'm going to take a moment at this. I had an aha moment when I took a peek at the ancient. Data data card yesterday. Uh, Space Marines. Their banner does the same thing. So does everyone's banner, but theirs has to be a character put into a unit. My custode banners are just a piece of war gear. Mm. Nan nan na, na, boo boo. I <laughs>
0: suppose custode's armies are uh, nothing more than characters.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs>
0: one thing also a couple quick changes kind of broad strokes here uh the separation between tactical and marines and intercessor marines has been uh lightened up a little bit there's almost everybody gets to ride in a lot of the same vehicles and the stratagems are not locked to intercessors only or primaris only so it's like oh interesting
1: yep they they made sure that everyone gets to ride in the same clown cars not perfectly but like, there's still some, still some exclusions, like, for instance, um, Primaris, like, I think it's Primaris stuff or Terminators or something like that can't ride in Rhinos, but they can still go into Land Raiders. Some some weird restriction like that.
0: Yeah, there's a few here and there, but for the most part, it was like, okay, it's none of this. Uh, Primaris Marines don't ride in Rhinos, whereas... Um, firstborn don't ride in the gladiator or whatever the the troop version i forgot the troop carrier version is of the flying tank mm-hmm. so things like that yeah they're definitely a little bit changed so i'm like okay a little more blending from there i curious where they're going to go with this from a narrative standpoint that firstborn and primaris are still cohabitating i'm not sure what that's going to go but we'll see i don't know but um uh, <laughs> pretty scary stuff here um and this is and we don't even know what the rest of the detachments are going to look like
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so uh, we're going to go back in time a little bit and we're going to talk about the tyranids because theirs also came out this week indeed and listening to some of it some of the normal troll makers like tyrant guard are going to be more prevalent than ever because they're now even harder to move because their toughness eight
0: Wow. I did not pick up on that. I just kind of looked at, oh yeah, bodyguard unit. We're good. Moving on.
1: And when they are attached to a character, they give that character a 5 plus feel, no pain.
0: Yeah, that I saw. I was like, okay, that's clever. I didn't pick up their T8. I totally walked away from that. Whoops.
1: Yeah, so it's the comparisons between Tyranids and Space Marines is Space Marines have more overwhelming firepower that we're known for Space Marines like that, whereas ter- the Tyranids they don't have as much power, but they have ways of they have ways of messing around with it, where they can just spook people and take away things and become an overwhelming por- like power that way. Like the Gene Sealers that already showed off, they get to reroll wound rolls of one naturally, and then if you're on an objective marker, hint, hint, wink, wink, you get to reroll all your wounds.
0: And I forgot exactly when you add a Swarm Lord to that unit, what they do, but it was not being particularly nice. So I was just like, ooh.
1: Well, uh, the thing is, is that the Swarm Lord is a monster, so he cannot be added to a unit Uh, except for Tyrant Guard. Um, but the actual swarm Lord, once I get up there and we're going to rip the bandaid off the carnifexes here in a second, because that's just atrocious. Um, but the swarm Lord, he is no longer like the super big, powerful piece that walks around on his own all the time. He, because he's an epic hero, he can't get enhancements, but if he's on the battlefield, you gain an extra CP at the start of your command phase automatically.
0: Which we found that was a big deal because the the severe lack of command points in the game now. Oh, mm-hmm.
1: and he has a natural a natural synapse range of nine inches, which is normally six, to get all of the buffs to go off. So you have to stay pretty tight to your big brains, and then his malign presence is where he gets his most utility, because after your opponent, so once per battle after your opponent uses a stratagem, you can essentially vect that stratagem, so he can make something more expensive. So if you catch your opponent with a 2 CP strat, it now costs 3.
0: And It goes worth repeating at this point, like I said, the, um, the severe lack of command points we have in the game now. A 3 CP stratagem, especially if they blew it on turn 2 or turn 3, it may not be seen again. I mean, that might be done in mm-hmm. the game.
1: So, like I said, we're gonna rip off the bandaid of Carnifexes. Carnifexes are no longer single model units. Oh boy. They can come in units of, let me actually just find it here because basically in in reference to old one eye so old one eye can join carnifex units and carnifex is here we go the unit composition is one to two units (laughs) so you can still bring them as an individual model or you can bring a pair of them, and then you can also slap in Old One-Eye.
0: <laughs> yeah, just rolling three of them. No big deal.
1: Yeah, and the scream—the big new Screamer Killer is not a Carnifex. It is its own biomass, so...
0: One thing I was surprised by, we saw the Vaan Ryan Leapers, but uh, Death Leaper and um, Lictors are still in the, still in the game. I was like, oh, look at that.
1: Yeah, and it was... Like, the original thought there was that the Von Ryan Leapers were probably just going to make new models for them. But, obviously, they didn't. Because, you know... Who doesn't like having random units? Because yeah. Death Leaper is an epic hero, so...
0: Yep. So, I was rather surprised by it all, so... Mm-hmm. I just kind of went, oh, Okay. So
1: just overall between because I haven't finished reading over all the Tyranid stuff, because like I said, it's 94 pages of data sheets. The, I could probably ingest the Tyranid stuff and be like, yeah, no, this army isn't that bad. The Space Marine one, though, just listening to everything. There's so there's so many rerolls in that army, it's like they were going to take away rerolls. Well, it's not army of Space Marines, it's an army of rerolls. <laughs>
0: yeah, and on top of it, when you factor in the Oath of Moment ability, on top of that, that's the part I kind of go, "Ooh, that's a little rough." So, mm-hmm. whereas when I'm thinking on the on the Tyranids, you have that uh, the bioadaptation thing, and I'm like, "Yeah, okay, sustained hits for." Against swarms. Okay, or forgot what it was. But they remember not being that particularly powerful compared to what that means.
1: Yeah, it was like sustained hits, one lethal hits, or precision against characters.
0: Which that can be very powerful, though. That I'm still a stand back on that one. I I think that could still be the fact that you can flip on the precision on a moment's notice because. Even in the Space Marine thing with all the re-rolls, there's not a lot of precision. You're going to have to blow through a lot of bodyguards to get to characters.
1: Mm -hmm. Unless you bring stuff like Eliminators or Sniper Scouts. Basically, if you bring mostly sniper units, you'll have a whole bunch of precision, but you won't be able to really do anything else. So you'll pick off characters, which then this is actually something I found out listening to it. Your characters don't have to start in units. So you can leave them by themselves and literally remove them from your bodyguard units so that way your opponent can never shoot at them.
0: Hmm, okay.
1: Whether or not that's mechanically sound and legal, I don't exactly know yet because I'm not going to try it until I have the actual rulebook in my hand or... I sit down, print out the digital rule book that we all have by now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm a little skeptical of that one. <laughs> yeah. I got the impression there's there's lone operatives that don't need to join units, but I don't, I'm pretty sure leaders have to join a unit. So, but I have to read it again. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. Because if you could do that, then okay, you're playing against Raven Guard. Whoop you doo. All my characters are going to be far away from you, and you're not going to be able to interact with them unless you get out of position, kind of thing. But that's but that's hearsay, honestly.
2: Hey listeners, this is Raymond with the Extreme Honest Podcast here to talk to you about KR cases. If you're like me, and you're constantly looking for that better way to store your uh, armies, then look no further than KR cases. That's right, this is the foam company known for their soft blue foam in the cardboard cases. They're a great way to mix and match whenever you're heading out for that next tournament. You can just swap out those boxes and no need to worry about switching the foam in and out. They're sturdy, the boxes help protect your models and if you when you order, they come fast, the order is right and for a better price than the other guy. So go to krcases.com, and when you place your order, be sure to mention the Exterminus Podcast.
1: Is your beer keg boring? Does it not have enough tentacles coming out of it? Does it not taste as funny as you remember because you didn't put a tear in it? Well, the wonderful makers of the Necro-Nom-Nom-Nom-Nom-Nom to replace your average pizza decided to come out with another book of the Lovecraft Cock. So they're from reddukegames.com. And it will guide you through 78 different kinds of cocktails to summon a demon, summon a space bug. Who knows? Either way, it's going to be a very, very wonderful time. And we would highly recommend that you try to not ingest too many while at the gaming table, because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when you roll Perils of the Warp or you roll a natural one on your Persuasion check if you decide to play Indeed. So if you're looking for fanciful drinks, go ahead and grab the Lovecraft Cocktails by the Mad Men at RedDukeGames.com, the makers of the Necro-Nom-Nom.
2: Are you a gamer that has more bare plastic than you have time to paint? Do paintbrushes spontaneously combust when you hold them? If either of these is true, contact White Crow Studios and get your models painted by a college-trained professional painter. You can contact Bo at whitecrow.commissions at gmail.com and view his previously painted models at White Crow Studios on Facebook.
1: But I think, talking about how crazy these things are, our little game of 10th edition was a blast.
0: Glad you had fun. I had fun as well and definitely learned a lot about the game. I got a better eye what to look for now. Um the upcoming data slates especially uh can't wait for thursday i'm like so excited for that but um see what because there's definitely some things i'm like we kind of took some rules out because they don't longer have a place in 10th edition but uh, at the same point i kind of went wish i had something (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: yeah like the the one thing that kind of bothered me was as much as it was winning me the game. Me walking around with Trajan attached to a Terminator brick, and literally having your entire army bounce off of him, I just kind of went, "Uh, yeah, that's that's a little rough, there, guys."
0: But there was some some good news and bad news. So, what's what's played down, Um, what preliminary? What we decided to do. So, first and foremost, um. We're still using 9th edition points. We don't have any point values, so we're still using point values from there. Robert, you were using some of the data slates that you saw in the Space Marine
2: group.
1: Yeah, the only one that I had to pull from the Space Marines was the one for the Land Raider because I brought a Land Raider for my custodes. But otherwise, the data sheets that I did use were the ones that were shown off in the faction focus. So the one for the Terminators the one for Trajan. And then from there, I just, I kind of had to piecemeal what I thought stuff was going to be. And if I'm wrong, then I'm completely utterly wrong. (laughs) So.
0: So it worked out from there. We also, I, both of us agreed not to use any sub factions and we did not use any faction specific uh, stratagems. We only used the core ones which are, there's a lot to work on. I mean, I know it's only 14 or so, but it still was a lot to remember. We definitely used the new 10th edition uh, movement rules as well as the new terrain rules, which was a big factor in the game. We'll get into that in a little bit later. And uh, last but not least, I ended up using with my Dracar. I used the same list I've always been using, just so I had a comparison, but I was indeed using the new Power from Pain, which with uh, the old old but new uh pain token system so I was like okay let's try this out
1: yep and for my custodes like I said I pulled mainly from the faction focus so I used the the Aegis of the emperor so I basically got to play emperor's chosen even though we weren't using sub factions um and from that the the katas system the way it's changed is, something that will definitely be easier to ingest for everyone because you're not happening to remember an order or anything.
0: Yeah. That made it a little bit easier. And um, I also, cause I remember several times you're like, you're like flipping through your cards going like, all right, which ones, which ones am I going to use this time? Do I use this or do I use that? You know, it's just kind of like, Nope. I'm, I'm going gonna... to, was pretty straightforward. Do I need more hits or do I need harder hits? So I was like, okay. I know what I need.
1: Yeah. And that was the entire thing was I could keep the pace of the game going. So that way we didn't have to stop. while I figure out my guitars and I don't have to try and remember which order I put them in and all this other stuff. I could literally just go. All right, cool. We're yeah. now in the fight phase. Yeah. That's when I pick my guitar.
0: There we go. <laughs> the other thing also I didn't have to bewilder Robert with, okay, that the witches are this one, the, the coven units are these, and the warriors are that, and then I even brought in some corsairs, so it's just like, okay, it was, it was just, they're all Drukari. We're good. Made it much simpler mm-hmm. from that. One thing I did forget, um, the Art of War actually uh, had to a review on the new mission deck, so rather than playing Tempest of War from 9th edition, we uh, cobbled together a... Uh, do-it-yourself version of that new 10th edition mission deck. And that uh, both of us played random missions just so we get an idea of what's in the deck. And comparatively to Tempest of War, I thought the individual secondaries were a lot easier to complete. I don't know what your thoughts were.
1: Oh yeah. It was the because of the fact that we did end up setting up a mission with six objectives because of the fact that there was missions there were objectives that specified your home objective and we never wanted to lose out on that option so at that point the the secondaries were definitely easier and the only thing that you had to worry about was maybe getting a bad draw but then you get a command point at the end of your turn for
0: it Yeah, for those who haven't heard, so you have two options. You can spend a stratagem. So during your command phase, you can swap out a secondary that you do not want. Or you can just go, hmm, I think I can complete two. And at the end of your turn, you go, well, I didn't complete the second one. I can keep it for next turn, or I can discard it now for a command point. So that was a nice little buff as well.
1: Yeah, because there was like, I know for you the one of the first two that you got was assassination.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was like and all his characters were either in the land raider or in big thick units of terminators. So, I'm like, I don't think I'm going to get through any of these units <laughs> on turn one. So I was just like, uh, okay,
2: big deal.
1: Yeah, I and then the ones that I got were all go touch objectives or maybe destroy a unit on an objective which gave me a big points lead in the start of the game but I know for a fact that if there was one turn of me not getting any of my secondaries and having to fight you off of primary objectives that could have given you a big point swing back in your favor in the next couple of turns
0: yeah I was counting on it unfortunately like I said I bounced but um, that's okay yeah uh... So kind of, we learned a lot from, uh, wh- you know, why that happened and what to look for, and then the next couple of data slates. Uh, first and foremost, uh, well, my army feels slow, which was bizarre because of the new terrain rules. Uh, if you are like many players, have the an eight inch tall solid L, so vehicles and non basically non infantry can't move through it that is a major deterrent to movement these days because all my fly units still have to be able to at least diagonally fly over the walls they can't just bypass them anymore suddenly my raiders were having a difficult time getting downfield forcing me to do longer charges i don't have the automatic assault and uh, charge and assault Char- uh, Vance and charge is what i'm trying to say and on turn two so that was a bit of a um surprise seeing how many times I had to... Oh, yep, got to go over this. This is over two inches. I got to measure above that. that. That definitely slowed down the army
2: quite a bit.
1: Yeah, that even caught me off guard because it let me, as custodes, get a foothold pretty aggressively with my whopping six inches of movement and ability to just walk through most of the terrain and not have to worry about him charging into my back lines on turn two.
0: But it did feel like your land raider was a bit of a issue just trying to get around corners.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was, it was definitely an issue.
0: And we weren't that heavy on terrain. It was about, I think, eight pieces on the table. I think it's probably...
1: Yeah, it was two big L's, four small corners, two forests, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And then two woods. So we actually tried to use those, but they never really came up. Except for the one time you shot at my custodians.
0: Yeah. Actually, no, they came in. Uh, Yeah, it was that early phase, because then he was just tanking all the wounds on the guys in the woods. And I was like, "Uh." (laughs) ah. And then once I killed that guy off, I was like, yay, you don't get the cover save anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but it took you a minute to
0: do it. Oh, it took me a long time to get through it. Yeah. So that was neat. Um other key things. Uh yeah, the lack of command points, you know, that one per turn. So yes, you you get two per round and then there's a couple ways to gain command points, but you can never gain more than one. So you definitely had to think about it, especially when it came to two point strategies like interrupt and heroic intervention. You you had to had to really think it through.
1: Yeah, it was a a legitimate thing of, I, there was, it made me use Trajan's Moment Shackle super early because I didn't want to interrupt with them and lose all my command points.
0: Well, another thing I was reading because I was like, oh, I'll get them back, you know, because I had a lot of command points um, at a later in the game than Robert did. So I was like, all right, I'm going to use the Interrupt. Interrupt still has that specific rule where you can do it after your opponent swings. Whereas with Bowen Shackle, you got fight first. So I didn't have a choice. I mean, you, you just swung first because it was my turn. That way you, you choose the combatants. Mm-hmm. Trajan's unit, not Trajan, Trajan and his unit got to swing first. And just obliterated, you know, one of my key assault units. So I was just like, oh, that sucked.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that was something that the, with the way that you charged in and stuff, that's where I was like, well, if I do this, I'm not going to kill both of the units that got into my Terminators with Trajan. But, oh boy, is it going to hurt?
0: Yep exactly it did uh cool thing though from a uh standpoint didn't care how far away they were didn't care now one of the things i always was worried about is surprised opponents didn't pick up on it faster i always had to wait for the power from pain to build up which was kind of counter counter, uh, thematic that you know this they're supposed to be you know thriving off other people's pain and instead, they're sitting huddling in a corner waiting for the battle to come to them. And hopefully on turn three, I'm in a position to counter strike and I survived an alpha strike. And this game, I was like, no, I started with four power campaign tokens and turn two. Uh, Robert's on all those objectives. It's time to flick some pain. So four units, two units of aliens, the incubi with Drazar and a grotesque unit. All of all of a sudden, every one of them got reroll hits in close combat. Let's go! Mm-hmm. So that was a really cool feeling. Uh, not killing anything sucked, but <laughs>
1: yeah else. i I blame that on the fact that the the natural resilience of my terminators, which I honestly expected them to be toughness six instead of toughness seven. Toughness seven is a really, really close break point to almost being a vehicle.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was that was brutal. I was like, "Whoa, what is going on here?" And um, the bike squad—I think I took out two or three. I know I didn't bring them below half, so I was like,
1: "Oh, you God. you ate two of them because it was a brick of five with a captain attached to it." Yeah. And that's where it was a well. I'm if this is how custodes. Feel in in the next edition, then it's how I already played them. Of here's my bricks. I hope I don't die, and maybe I win the game.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for me it was definitely very different in terms of I got half my army. Basically, I wait for my opponent to jump at an objective. I'm like, and I throw a cheap unit that will eviscerate whatever touched that objective, and then we just he keeps looking at a score like. It's turn three. Why do I only have five points on primary? Because everything dies before your command phase. But uh, that didn't happen. So I am hoping that the data slates bring some lethality, a couple of keywords here and there. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a little rough.
1: Yeah, like the my army. Sure. Was I upset that I didn't get things like devastating wounds in abundance or anything else? Yes because custodes have never done mortal wounds in abundance like most armies do but we live off of our durability not our lethality your army needs something like the incubi going oh if i use the big attacks i have devastating wounds for three damage attacks or if i'm using the little attacks it's lethal hits or something
0: yeah something. like yeah so i'm hoping that's in there one thing uh it's it's very obvious when you read the rules, but not obvious until it happens to you. So take it from me. If it happens to me, it happened to me, learned from it before my mistakes. So in the old rules used to be, I've got objects secured in a, in a transport. Whoop-de-doo, you blew up my transport holding an objective. And they pop out and I still hold the objective. Nope. Not the case in tenth. Because when you come out of a uh, destroyed transport, you are battle shocked. And because it happens on your opponent's turn, you haven't had a chance to test for it yet. So when it rolls up to your command phase, uh, the scoring, I think, comes first. So we had to double check that during our game. So therefore, OC of zero, you're not holding the objective.
1: Yeah, that's something that could make or break a lot of games where if you if you fail to be to shake yourself loose of your battle shock then your objective control is going to just flounder because of the fact that you just you could lose out on all the objectives, so maybe bringing a swarm of transports isn't the way to do it
0: anymore. And like we said earlier, there's no requirement to bring troops, and maybe you've got, like I said, a brick of Terminators at OC1 that are strong enough to hold objectives. I hope you have something, because, yeah, it flimsy troops, a simple five-man squad where, oh, I touched it, I'm obsec, it's mine, uh, OC2, yeah, okay, it's 10, and it's better than most units, but yeah, it's if they die to a stiff breeze, like most of the stuff in my army, even if they live halfway through, if they're battle-shocked, and they're at zero, they are literally taking up space. They literally have no purpose on the battlefield anymore. Mm-hmm. That was a hard lesson to learn. I was like, ooh, that's, this is... Because basically I had two units in that transport, and both of them we're battle line. So I was like, yeah, I got OC 20. Go ahead and take this. I was using it as bait for him to come forward. Oh no, I don't hold that objective. So now they had to set up this weird screen to make sure he didn't come after it.
1: And at that point, I ate through the screen anyway. Yep. So it's a uh, just be prepared to, okay, your rhino got. Bust it open. Like they, that unit is not going to hold you an objective. So it is sometimes better to just hide it. So that way it doesn't die.
0: Other thing I brought uh, noticed as well. And, um, scoring seemed a lot simpler in terms of, you know, what was the score and who scored when, I felt like things scored more consistently at the same times of the round, which I think will help with overall terminate play.-hmm
1: because the, the OC values is how that gets balanced out, because, sure, me walking around with two or three OC value on a single body, that's the point of, all right, you have that unit on that objective. How many models do you have touching the objective? This many. So I need this amount of bodies. So I need this amount of OC in order to beat yours. Yes. No more of this. I have four objective secure bodies. You have four objective secure bodies. Now we go to total number of bodies here. Blah, 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 blah And no more of that. It's just body count. That's all it is.
0: So that was kind of neat trying to figure all that out. It was a neat thing. Uh, other gizmos, uh, if you're into some of the hobby side of things, definitely you'll need markers to remind you of to take a battle test, battle shock test, and which units are actually battle shocked. That was something I felt like I need more markers to keep track of that. Mm-hmm. So basically once your unit's below half, put a little marker next to them so you know to roll each time and maybe flip it over to the other side. Oh, they are shocked. And uh, of course, I got to come up with uh, my own customized objective markers and uh, some pain tokens. Looking excited for that.
1: Yep, because very much like the actual objective secured ability that the intercessors have, a lot of the basic battle line stuff is going to have a sticky objective ability if they're the ones that were holding it. So, or at least that's my assumption. Yep. So at that point, something like Kabbalah Warriors, maybe even Racks, probably not witches because witches want to go punch stuff in the face. Um, Those things could easily be on an objective next to like an empty, like a half full transport or something. Go. All right, this is ours. And then go into the Raider and then the Raider and then the Raider flies away.
0: especially when we preview that Cabalite Warriors do have sticky objectives. How do you make sure that oh, put a marker down <laughs> that's still mine? Even though everything flew away.
1: Mm-hmm. And that will allow people to continuously play the game in the midfield, which is where most of the game is supposed to be played anyway. So you're supposed to fight over the objectives in the, in no man's land rather than, have a, a shooting gallery of this 20 of this 24 inch space, which I mean is going to happen anyway. If you have shooting armies like Tau and Knights playing against each other, because no one wants to go into the middle because it'll just get evaporated. But yeah, good point. You'll still have to play the game to go and get things in the middle of the table now, because oh, I have to extend my battle line, I have to hold my home objective, and hold something in no man's land
0: yeah the the mission's definitely skewed towards you being active in no man's land so it's like very very interesting to go from there
1: yeah and probably the next time that we test it will be after we have the points values and our data cards Mm -hmm. so that way we can you know have 10th edition accurate lists (laughs) um and we'll actually be able to hopefully also play with the correct missions so that way we're not having to homebrew mission rules because I know we ended up having to still use pointless rules from the Tempest of War deck, which never came up.
0: Uh, never came up. Actually, it's funny you say that because the, uh, the two that came up, one was you were not allowed to use the insane bravery the stratagem in the game which was a huge boon for me because that means anytime Robert took a battle shock test, if he failed it, he had no chance to automatically pass it. I gained a pain token. Uh, didn't come up in our game thanks to the what used to be Leadership 11. I don't know, what is it? Leadership 4 now? Four uh,
1: leadership, believe it or not, it's actually only Leadership 6.
0: Okay, but yeah, your leadership was pretty high. So that was, he uh, never failed any Leadership tests. I can't remember what the second one was.
1: Um, um it was delayed reserves
0: oh that's what it was yeah so yeah which actually played a, f- a factor because i did not put stuff in reserve because of that um so i want to make yeah. sure a guarantee if they're going to come in late they're got to come in so
1: yeah the like for me it didn't impact anything because i intentionally brought a land raider to carry a big unit of guys that i didn't want you to interact with that ended up working out better than I thought because the the land raider for Space Marines can t- can carry twelve guys. The old Ninth Edition land raider for Custodes could carry five models. So if you do the back and forth counting, it's a uh, well, if it's twelve Marines, cut that number in half, and that's how many Custodians you can have in there. So. That's how I was able to squeeze six things inside of a land raider. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure that's going to be a little bit different. And I'm just glad I didn't have to play with any forge world toys in order to make that list kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, that was kind of nice too. Uh, One other rule came up. I checked it after the game. The limit of 500 points in a 2000 point game is your cap for strategic reserves does not apply to deep-striking models. So I can... Mm-hmm. As far as I can tell, out that you see the GT pack, there is no upper limit. So I wonder if I can null-deploy my army if everything can deep-strike.
1: That would be something.
0: <laughs> gotten away from it in the past. Uh, I haven't been able to null-deploy, I think, since 6th edition. But uh, that was a lot of fun. I love doing that.
1: And because of the fact that only the actual strategic reserves has the entering the table during the reinforcement step restriction. You, we could conceivably see a return of here's my assault terminators. They deep strike in outside of nine on turn one. If I go first and just land in your opponent's deployment zone. Um, the units, the one unit that I saw, that's again, a troublemaker potentially are the interceptor squads. Remember the days of people bringing 18 plasmas of those,
2: uh.
1: um, the interceptors can now pull a gene sealer cult move. They can land outside of three inches, but they can't charge.
0: I did see that. Yeah. Speaking of they're called, that's another army I am deathly afraid of in 10th edition because they just have so many cheap units and so many cheap characters with multiple data slates. That's an army also, like Space Marines, they could literally have a leader in almost every squad. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it makes a lot of sense. You need some throwaway squads, but still.
1: Yeah. And they'll probably also have some kind of restriction of, like, obviously the rule of three applies, But like I know right now, they have the restriction of you can only have one patriarch per detachment or something like that because that's their their leader and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So you can't have three patriarchs running around in the same place because that's not
0: narrative friendly. Not at all. One pleasant surprise. I thought about this when I read the rules and I thought I was coming across as pretty snarky. But uh, having actually played with it, I am now scouring eBay and because there's uh, very little of this available on Games Workshop's uh, website. With the new terrain rules, a couple things they had changed. Uh, For one, uh, if it's less than two inches, you can walk over it. And um, but everybody knows about over six inches, you get an additional AP. But one thing they got rid of was a ruin has to be a minimum of five inches tall to be obscuring. So that height requirement is gone. Suddenly, all that gallo dark and boarding action terrain actually is useful. So we used uh, two small sections to be a sealed building, which counts as a hill. And those are two and a half inches tall. It mm-hmm. worked out great. I was really impressed with that. And they're so good looking to begin with.
1: Yeah, the the thing that got me with those was when my custodian guard squad was walking over to your venom that had the succubus and the other unit of Mm incubate I felt so good at the fact that I couldn't just walk six inches directly at you and be just outside of an inch it was I legitimately had to walk up a hill to get with to make that distance and I didn't feel like I was being cheeky kool-aid manning through walls and stuff it was all right cool i walk up on top of this hill i charge you from the hill because the the five inch verticality stuff is still there and then the bikes the bikes happening to legitimately fly around every single building was huge because i couldn't just zip all the way across the table with my crazy like 14 inches of movement
0: yep Which is funny because 14 inches did not feel fast at all. Um, I felt my Venoms were slow. The Reaver bikes, uh, I was advancing them to get where they needed to be. But uh, the good old days of, uh, what's it? 24 and 26 inches, I think that's what they go. Um, Mm When they advanced, that still felt good, but wow. It's like you're, you're starting to have to learn to weave around buildings now with fly units. Especially mm-hmm. felt it with my raiders. That was where I really noticed it. I was like, "Oh yeah, oh boy."
1: Because yeah. your raiders being so long and so pointy, they just they can't land on top of a building and stay there underneath their own weight.
0: Well, not only that, it was you know normally what you what do you do with the raider? You hide it behind a building. Turn one because they're they're flimsy, and then on turn on your turn, but you, uh, I had top of turn, so I was like, and you had your. Land Raider exposed, and I'm thinking like oh, I can pop that with two maybe two land dark lances and a few blasters. Problem one was I had I could not go over the ruin. The ruin was an eight inch tall wall, so I was like, mm, I can't even. We measured it; I couldn't even go up and down on both sides. So I was like, that's a problem. So when I went around it, I couldn't get the blasters in range. So immediately half my firepower was lost. So I'm like going, "Oof!" The uh, maybe uh, dark lances and, and infantry squads is in my future after all, or maybe do I have to look at scourges now because they can get around because they're infantry, they can move around a little faster. I don't know. I have to think this through. Uh, that was a big change. That was a really big change.
1: Yeah, the overall it was it was definitely refreshing because otherwise, me and Eric playing that game it would have been the all right we're gonna play cat and mouse i'm a really big mouse and you're a really pointy looking cat (laughs) and if your succubus had been able to do what she normally does she could have jumped into my terminators and trajan and eaten trajan for breakfast
0: yeah that's one data slate i am very curious to see uh, for the simple reason that a plain succubus doesn't do anything. And they're traditionally been also used as more of a lone operative. You give them a relic whip and one of the, uh, two, two or three, uh, warlord traits there's to choose from that were in vogue. And she was an absolute blender when you take those away. And she's just sitting there with her archive glaive and an agonizer and six attacks. She's very pedestrian. And um, I think she killed a model. I don't know. So the two things I'm looking for is um, what does the new succubus look like, and how quickly can I get Lilith painted before that edition rolls around?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I'm legitimately sitting here thinking, I need. <coughs> excuse me. I need to go and get enough Terminator, enough Valorous Terminator boxes. So that way I can walk around with a unit of spears. Because my axes are now only AP1. Which your incubi, ha- your incubi got, what, four up saves against them?
0: Yep, yeah, they have three ups to start.
1: Yeah, like that's huge for me. I can't just throw my axes into anything big anymore and go, well, hopefully you fail a save. Because the things that the axes would go into most likely are going to have a 2-plus armor save. Yeah, There's nothing I stuff. can do about it. Yeah,
0: a lot of neat stuff to kind of look through. I'm curious what yeah, what, what your Custodes also have for um, new stratagems. I'd be really curious to see what they have. Uh, overall, yeah, there's a lot to unpack. We're still looking forward to it. Biggest one of those being the points values. And I know there's a couple other sites out there that are just all about, we've ranked the armies for 10th edition, Based on what? I don't know what you guys are talking about.
1: <laughs> yeah, like the, the speculation and everything else of how good an army is when we barely know what the like what the overall game is going to be like. There's no point in really doing it because everyone is thinking, oh it's Space Marines are going to be the best. No, these guys are. Clearly Eldar is going to be a big nuisance. Um but overall I I just kind of <laughs> I'm keeping my my emotions pretty stable, so that way I don't get all uppity about what tenth edition is going to be like.
0: Yeah, still still lots to a uh, lot more to reveal the next two weeks. Like I said, a lot more data slates coming out. The points value is on Friday. That'll be probably the biggest discussion. So look forward to next week's show where we go over all that. Um, I don't know how we're going to do that in an hour, but um, (laughs) we will do our best. And um, other than that, no, it was a great game. Um, If you're fortunate enough to get a game with Robert, consider yourself lucky because it's a great opponent, a lot of fun, and uh, also very good at the game.
1: Eh, eh, eh. Very good at the game? No. Kind of okay? Absolutely. (laughs)
0: So I said we're all still learning uh um what this new rules set will be like and um overall, yeah, it was pretty cool. So I had a lot of fun with the game. Oh, one thing else on the hobby standpoint, uh movement trays. yeah. I forgot about that. Uh I was kicking myself for not having movement trays for all my spindly little models, especially when it comes to deployment. I mean that would definitely speed things up. So
1: Yeah, uh, if you have a small army count like Custodes or Grey Knights or anything, it's not so much of a problem. But for those of you that are planning on playing Tyranids or Drukhari or Eldar or anything else that you could potentially bring a whole bunch of units, I would definitely invest in some of those just to keep everything quick and snappy. Yeah, that was a big deal. But yeah, no, otherwise there's really not much else that I can really think of that's been going, going on this week because I know I've been busy with a whole bunch of other stuff going on and trying to clean up the house. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: so anyway, look forward to those and look forward to talking to you guys next week. In the meantime, my name's Eric. I'm Robert. And thank you for listening to the Exterminatus Podcast.